ciao, everybody, and welcome to Onka Wii Universe. Uh, I know the name of our show. We're Wii Universe. Uh, this is the show where we're playing every single game in the Wii U catalog. My name is Steve Cutling. Hello, I am full of Pokemon cereal, Woody Siskowski. <laughs> you start the day off right. That's how you start the day. How is it? I haven't, is it marshmallowy? Um, well, let me let me uh, take you back a few months and okay. then give you full context to fully appreciate. This is months-old cereal. This is months-old cereal. <laughs> okay. That's number one, so perhaps that is a testament to its particular quality. Months ago, I was walking around sort of like a... Uh, outlet store where like the things that other stores don't sell sure. go to yeah, yeah. Uh, with my nine-year-old nephew mm -hmm. and these were the things that were purchased an expansion for a board game i don't like very much which but one <laughs> root but oh. it was at it was like half price and i'm like well i, I maybe the expansion makes it better sure it didn't yeah. um, <laughs> wait making having more of yeah, something that you was, don't like hey it was half better? price man hey okay all right um what DVDs and Blu-ray collection would you think, or Blu-rays would you think would be at one of these kind of outlet stores? Oh my like, God, it's always a fascinating selection of like direct-to-video Dolph Lundgren movies, yeah. and then occasionally you'll get like, I, I was in like a Winco and they had a, a Blu-ray copy of uh, uh, Truffaut Hitchcock, okay. the documentary yes. about that well, interview. Well, that was actually the direction, because the DVD that they had the most, or the Blu-ray that they had the most copies of for $5 was uh, Godard's The Image Book. <laughs> Um, and I'm like, well, I guess I heard this was pretty good. Well, this, sure. Just for context to this normal people. This is a latter people. Godard, right? This is a more yeah, recent Yeah, this is Godard. a very yeah, recent yeah. Godard movie that's essentially uh, in art, like just a visual in experimental installation of just like pictures and colors and things like that. Yeah. And, but I'm like, well, for $5 at this weird outlet store, I got to buy a Godard movie. Sure. And then um, my nephew picked out the box of, my nine-year-old nephew picked out the box of Pokemon cereal, mm -hmm. which just to be clear, I also would have purchased had he sure. not found it first. Yeah, yeah. Because I have the same taste as a nine-year-old boy. Me too. Um, yeah. I bought the elf cereal. At yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he then proceeded, yeah, so we bought it. He opened the box. There were two bags of this cereal in it. And I said to him, I'm taking one of these, um, which is, yeah, I've been sitting at my house now for months. Wow. But I'm not getting the full experience because I don't have, like, the box there, which is sure. really 80% of your sugar cereal experience. Yeah, is, you got to catch that them box. All. You got to catch all the boxes. Um, yeah. Wait, so is this, uh, is this your typical, like, grains and marshmallows? Well, so your base, all... your sort of foundation mm -hmm. is red and blue balls okay. kind of like not quite as crunchy as crunch berries but the same general premise okay and then they are combined with yellow and orange marshmallows which i think are supposed to look like pikachu faces and little lightning bolts so they kind of look like pikachu poops sure. like little like you like you, you gotta clean up after your pikachu and sure. they're like yeah and i don't know why some of them are orange yeah. um so it's not an a plus cereal mm. the the lesson that I have come in my in my many searches and so, soul searching for different cereals, it's a lot of S's, mm. is um, Lucky Charms, you know, say what you will about like the shitty sort of brand flavor of their like their non marshmallow pieces. Mm. But like that kind of is what makes the marshmallows work and yeah. be exciting. And when you just have a cereal that's like a base sugar yeah and then you put marshmallows in it it's kind of gross yeah yeah i can imagine and i i was always 
more of a fan of the grainy bits than the marshmallow bits because the marshmallows in those cereals always taste kind of corrugated. You know, yes, they, they're they, very they're very chalky, and especially when your bag has sat open on you in your pantry for you know two months, they're even <laughs> extra extra chalky. But yeah. I, I, I'm powering through yeah, yeah. my my Pokemon cereal, and I figured what better day to get started with some Pokemon cereal than on the day you're talking about planes and trains. Exactly. Or, exactly. I, there's no trains. There's no involved. trains. There's planes and cars, though. Yeah, today we're playing a trio of games based on franchises that I hate. So I've been <laughs> like very uh, kind of ambivalent about doing these episodes. We're playing Planes, Planes Fire and Rescue, and Cars 3 Driven to Win. These are all Disney franchises featuring vehicles that are somehow alive in defiance of a benevolent god. And also, to be clear... Existing in a world where there are no humans. Right. It, or or there's they raise some questions that this series is just not prepared to answer. And that's why, they, you know, usually I can kind of go with the flow. If right. you tell me this is the premise of your of your world, I'm like, okay, fine, I'll buy you. Yeah, in. you got no problem with your Toy Stories. No, and no, no. you would no, think no, yeah. that, like, your cars would be that same premise of those, like, oh, the cars are actually alive. Yeah. And, like, when people aren't around, they all talk to each other, go out and have illicit street races at night yeah you tell me that then i buy it i right. get it you know because hey we always hear traffic at night we don't know that there are people driving <laughs> yeah, those cars like i'm with soon you. there won't be but these are some kind of like unholy mesh of like machine and flesh this is a teton kind of situation sure. like where i don't know if the the metal husks of these cars and planes are just filled with organs mm -hmm. that's the thing that always throws me uh and, and it seems like the world has accommodated their new automotive forms so I don't know if this has been some kind of like post post apocalypse thing where we've all just become our cars. I don't know. But either way, I mean, I think that it just implies that evolution takes a different track. Yeah, that evolution takes a left at the at the uh, at the fork <laughs> in the road. Sure. Yeah, it could have gone. like Yeah, yeah. And, just... and, and instead of, you know, getting to whatever the hell we are and they decided that they're going to involve like. Into tow trucks and sure. little racing cars. But they still have people voices and eyes. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. But before we get into all of this madness, uh, I have to ask, what are you playing? Well. Anything different? Me and the rest of humanity um, are probably caught aboard the Elden Ring train. It was not a game that I was particularly on the wavelength of or even excited about until I started seeing the crazy reviews that this game got. Like, yeah. apparently, like, this game is, like, the new best game ever made. Right. Um, which has not been my experience thus far. I've okay. gone on a little bit of a journey. I initially got it for PS4 mm -hmm. because I heard the PC version was pretty questionable, even though my PC's more powerful than my PS4. Sure. And then I struggled. You know, you die a lot in this game. You die a it's, lot. It's a Souls game. Yeah. And the combination of dying a lot, having to fast travel, and then the somewhat corrugated or long load times on the ps4 really tested my patience yeah so luckily i had a very kind friend who was uh willing to buy my ps4 version from me this guy <laughs> and uh i have taken the dip into pc which has run smoother for me faster load time so that is a little more pleasurable okay. and it also um has the super tiny font problem, oh. which is less of a problem when you're sitting right in front of your PC monitor. Okay, I fair, think that's fair. what happens with these games because that's a constant complaint I have. Is like 
why is there so much information on this inventory menu screen and why is all the font so small? Yeah. And I think that the people who program it are just programming it sitting in front of a computer mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, it's fine. But then when you actually sit back, they've like, got like a- four monitors, they're yeah. turned on their sides, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you actually sit back a couple feet, you're like, God, I can't see anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird. Now I just have taken to wearing my glasses to play video games in my house. <laughs> like That's the only time I wear them or when I go to a movie. Hey, um, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking them 24 yeah, well, you you are a sensible but, person then. Yeah, but I I still haven't quite cracked into it because it's really they really don't give you much direction. They no. really set you off in this world, and you have to kind of figure out what the hell you're doing. And that can sometimes be a frustrating combination when you come up on enemies that are just kill you in one hit. Yeah, and you're like, well. Is that the right way that I'm supposed to go? Because I do get the impression that sometimes you're just supposed to run past the enemy and keep going that same way, yeah. even though like their existence implies that you're going the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure I will reach a point where I'm like, yes, I'm in it. I think I need to find like a sweet weapon of some kind uh-huh. to be like, yes, now I know what to like plan for and build around for my character. Yeah. But right now I'm just kind of spending a lot of time jumping around on a spectral steed. And I mean, you're going to be in any of these games, like much of the early part is going to be grinding and just kind of like building yourself up. Yeah. I don't really know the structure of this one yet. I haven't started it, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. People are uh, raving about it um, and uh, seems to be kind of developing its own new meme culture. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of feel like we should be in like a post grinding world. Mm. Like it, I, I, I understand. Like to me, the grind should happen at the end of a game. Like if mm. you want to keep. You, you beat it and you want to keep like playing against these like sort of extra bosses, these super high level things that are kind of like secret content yeah. that, that I feel OK to grind. But I never like the feeling of like, all right, this game that I've just started is now too hard and I have to spend two hours grinding along the intro fields. Yeah, that's very Dragon Warrior one to me. It's it sounds it sounds frustrating. So I I think I'm gonna space out my play because mm-hmm. uh, just two hours ago I finished a very very frustrating game <laughs> that I've been playing for a long time. That is Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. Finished it. Finally done. I can check it off my list. You never have to look at it or think about it again. No, and it, it, this is just like my own uh, OCD or whatever you want to call it, my own obsessiveness. But I. It's been bothering me that I've never beaten that game. Yeah, like, well, now you when beat I start all the Zeldas. Yeah, when I start something, I like to finish it like yeah. as much as I Especially can. Especially something that is a Zelda game and has like a high standard of quality. It you has don't a good really reputation. expect a Zelda game to be bad. No, it, it shouldn't feel like homework, which is what Skyward Sword really kind of ended up feeling like. Uh, final analysis of it is that it is way too long. It is, the dungeons are really padded out. Like it's one of those games where you really need to uh, sit and play through it like all in one go oh. or you're going to lose your place. These yeah. dungeons are really complicated. By the end of this game, it started to feel like it was actively messing with me because I reached a point where it felt like, okay, this is where I'm going to be heading to the final boss encounter and I can be done. Nope, I have three more dungeons to do and they're like shorter dungeons, but still it's three of them. Yeah. And then I have this really, really long final dungeon where the whole mechanic is that the entire dungeon is a slide puzzle. Oof. And I fucking hate slide yeah, no, puzzles. That's, they are that's the terrible. Worst. There should never be a situation in a game where you need to proceed via a slide puzzle. Especially I, when you need to do it three separate times at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was really, running around in the crypt in Mortal Kombat 11, and there mm-hmm. was a four-piece slide puzzle, and I got really annoyed. Oh, it's just it was, even that little one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. slide puzzle for babies. No, but. I can't stand it. Uh, but it was, you know, the final boss was quite challenging, and it's also one of those situations where, like, 
you look up how to fight this boss, it's like, okay, well, this thing's going to be a cinch if you have this item, this item, and this item. And it's like, well, I've never heard of this fucking <laughs> item. What are you talking about? I have any of these three. Is it possible for me to get? Nope, I'm locked in where I am. Okay, ah. so, and, yeah, I just had to muscle through with what I had, uh, which was tricky. Yeah. Which is a, it's, a, it's a tough final boss. So um, it sounds like that game's kind of a mess. Kind of I mean, a mess, kind yeah. of a mess. Kind of really, really a very bloated game. And I'm glad uh, that it was followed up with Breath of the Wild. I mean, I guess in of, some ways we have Skyward Sword to thank for Breath of the Wild. In do. the sense that if it had been like a very polished sort of inspired Zelda game of like, yes, we still have gas in this tank. Yeah. They probably wouldn't have come up with Breath of the Wild. No, it felt very gimmick based and it didn't feel like they had a whole lot of energy behind it in the way that Breath of the Wild feels very vibrant and exciting and yeah. alive. But yeah, uh, Elden Ring is coming up for me, but I think I am going to play like a nice short, uh, uh, light game in between just so I can ensure that Why I do still like Why not a Cars 3 games. driven to win? You know what? Weirdly, a couple of good options that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, yeah, so let's let's start segueing into these games today. Yeah, speaking uh, we'll of go... things that are alive and vibrant, yes. the characters in these games. Ah, they're alive and they shouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. They're vibrant and they shouldn't be. Let's start with Disney Planes. Not Disney's Planes, Disney Planes. This was released August 6, 2013. Disney's expanding. Next, they're going to buy Boeing. <laughs> Disney Boeing. Uh, this was developed by Behavior Interactive and published by Disney Interactive Entertainment, and this was also released on the Wii, the 3DS, the DS, and Windows. Uh, so Behavior Interactive uh, with an IOUR, they are uh, one of the ones who developed, they're a Canadian development crew who made uh, SpongeBob's Robotic Revenge or Ooh, Plankton's Robotic Revenge. Currently my bottom game, I, I believe. believe. it is still yeah. your bottom game, yeah, absolutely. I was in a very bad mood when we played that game. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. I was with you. That, that did a, not help. The game yeah, did not help. It did not help. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about this movie because all three of these are based on films. I've only seen the Cars one. I did not bother with Planes. But Planes was released in August of 2013 and it was produced by Disney Toon Studios. You might be familiar with that logo or that branding. Uh, they started life as Movie Toon Studios back in 1990 with uh, DuckTales, the movie Treasure of the Lost Ooh, Lamp. I was obsessed was, with that movie. That was a big up. one for me yeah. as a kid, too. Like, uh, it's still a pretty fun movie. Yeah. It's, it's it, got it, some pretty janky animation as you go, like, as it, especially, okay. like... I haven't watched it in a while. Weirdly, the first 20 minutes of that movie are really well animated, and then the back 60 they, are really Do you think really they just bad. run out of money? I think they just ran out of money. It's um, also just really weird that that movie came out, and then, like, the next year, Aladdin came out, or something like that. It was the same... And, year as the rescuers down under which was kind of the first time disney started really put well a second time because after little mermaid but i also just mean from like a plot like a plot perspective yeah yeah like like the characters are basically the same as in aladdin there were some lawsuits there were some lawsuits about it yeah people were uh uh, they almost like didn't get the rights to the word genie for the the name of the the character in aladdin which would be pretty messed up being as like it's not like ducktales invented that term no they did not no uh but yeah, so this studio, Movie Tune, they're basically just kind of the low-budget division of Disney Animation. Uh, mm. Their big hit after this was Aladdin, the Aladdin sequel, Return of Jafar, which was okay. the first direct-to-video movie, uh, and it kind of opened up this whole new market for Disney. And that one does not have Robin Williams. That one does not. That yeah. one, Dan Castellaneta came in to voice the genie in that one. Good replacement. One. Good but... replacement. He did his best. Uh, and then the story behind that is that um, Robin Williams... He agreed to do the first Aladdin movie as long as he was not right. used in the marketing. And then, of course, the movie comes out. His performance is amazing, and the marketing is entirely genie-based. Yep. 
So Robin Williams was pissed. He sat out this movie, but he came back for the next direct-to-video sequel because the CEO of Disney bought him a Picasso. That's uh, all as it a, takes, as man. a gesture. Nice, yeah. good, good piece of goodwill. Yeah, yeah. Just buy so, some million dollar painting for someone. Absolutely. So, you know, occasionally you would get a movie tune production that would be of a high enough quality to get a small theatrical release. Mm. Uh, there's the exquisite A Goofy movie, which is actually one of my favorite Disney movies. <laughs> uh, Jungle Book 2, Pooh's Heffalump movie. These all got theatrical releases. Okay. But typically, these were just uh, direct-to-video sequels now, was to major movies. Planes a direct-to-video? Did that that got a Planes theatrical release? Planes was right? meant to be. It was meant to be a direct-to-video uh, kind of spinoff from Cars. Um, John Lasseter, who is the Pixar head, he joined Disney after it was acquired in two thousand six. He famously hated the Disney Toon Studio. He thought oh. he thought this is diluting the brand. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we've got these inferior sequels to The Lion King and The Hunchback of Notre Dame. That like it's just kind of making it seem a little cheap. Yeah. So he was trying. He would eventually succeed in dismantling the entire studio in 2014 but it is kind of ironic that he served as an executive producer and a pitch man for this movie which is a spin-off of cars which is his kind of big um you know uh, pixar pr- project now- cars and by extension planes i think has a weird place in pixar history because yeah. it feels very much like Pixar diluting its own brand like it's, all, all yeah. the other ones they feel like okay we have a premise here and we're really like gonna f- what can we eke out like what's the story and the emotion that we can eke out here to make this premise sort of more human and more adult and more mature yeah and like cars especially because there's you know three cars movies yeah whereas most other Pixar movies don't have sequels except for Toy Story but like cars is very much like I don't know they're cars they talk like who gives a shit like, that's that's what it felt kids it felt, like cars it felt very hand wavy and you know Pixar was coming off like a string of bangers mm-hmm. and it was like uh, uh toy story one and two bugs life uh incredibles finding nemo monsters inc like yeah. all stone cold classics and then cars felt like quite a step down but the big thing with cars is that this is their number one most marketed right. product like the no toys. it totally makes sense oh, it's of a course. great idea from a financial this standpoint. is like little boy like like heroin you yeah. know you're just sprinkling it i'm they, warning they, all potential parents uh, at this time that at some point in your child's life, they will become obsessed with the movie Cars and only yeah. want to watch that movie. And then at some point, we'll introduce them to Cars 2. And yeah. then they will only want to watch that movie. So just I mean, face I'm, that out. I'm wondering if that's been diluted a little bit. We haven't had a Cars movie since 2017. Mm. I don't think there, I don't know, there might be TV shows or something. But no, but I'm saying it will endure. Like I'm saying yeah. if your kid is into car, like just the concept of Cars, because all young boys are, yeah. at some point you'll be like, did you know there's a movie called Cars, and you just if you expose them to that, be ready for that face, and then show them Peter Weir's The Cars Who Ate Paris. Perfect. And then like, yeah, exactly. They'll love it. Yeah, and I, I think maybe the Disney Princess thing has overtaken Cars mm, in terms of yeah. marketing. Like Frozen and Encanto are really sure. huge, but uh, but no, these were really big, and you could kind of feel that in the subsequent Cars movies. We'll talk about those in a little bit, but they they start to feel more and more toyetic and mm-hmm. less and less interested in kind of exploring bigger themes like uh, other Pixar movies do. But either way, you know, it, it seemed like kind of a no-brainer to do like a little spin-off featuring other vehicles. Right. Like the tagline for this movie is uh, from the world above, or takes place in the world above cars. You right. Know? Which is, I mean, kids are not necessarily going to care about the studio that makes the particular movie that no. they're into. But it does feel a little dirty to have like, Pixar's standard of quality where like most adults are like, yes, I will go see this Pixar movie. Yeah. And then to sort of farm out a spin-off to a sort of 
less respected animation studio. A hundred percent. is a little confusing. Yeah, but I, I think they saw the potential in it and they kind of bumped it up to a theatrical release and it proved to be a pretty big hit. Yeah. It made like 90 million domestic, 300 million worldwide. Goodness. Like this was a surprisingly solid success. I've never watched this movie. Uh, it's It's supposed to be pretty bad from what I heard and I just don't feel like watching an inferior knockoff of a movie I already don't like starring Dane Cook. <laughs> sure. Like, I don't know. Somehow. Yeah, you, you, you'd none have of those... to have a, a real, you have to be going through a real slow day to be yeah. like, all right, it's time for me to watch some planes. The basic story of the movie is that there's a crop duster named Dusty who dreams of being a racer, but he has a fear of heights, which is a funny thing for a plane. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Uh, but then he teams up with a war plane played by Stacy Keach, who agrees to kind of teach him the ropes and he becomes a really good racer. Uh, and there are some other voice actors, including Val Kilmer, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Gabriel Iglesias, Brad Garrett, Terry Hatcher, John Cleese, and Cedric the Entertainer. So, decent cast for yeah, the movie for like sure. this. Um, all right, well, let's talk about the game itself. It, the game doesn't really reflect anything that happens in the movie. I think it all kind of takes place independently just with characters from the mm-hmm. film. So, like, when the game starts, Dusty is already a racer. So, we don't need to go through that process Oh, with yeah, them. yeah, yeah. It's kind of just like your backstories and origins of all of these different characters. Yeah, basically. So it's structured kind of in a mission-based story mode where like each you get select a different plane and then you'll have four or five different missions for them to play and you beat those and you'll unlock another one. Mm -hmm. Uh, It opens with a pretty long, kind of tedious training mode, but it gives you a good sense of the controls. And I think, weirdly, that's something this game does really well. I think the yes. aerial controls feel great. This game didn't start out on a positive note because it looks pretty terrible initially. It looks like quite the, bad. It looks like the first sort of frozen image is its plane taking off, but it kind of looks like a YouTube video where your internet is still buffering. I and you know, My thought was that, like, I think they took this directly from the DS version mm, that's why it looked yeah. that low it looked very and they low just res. like expanded it yeah, yeah it's yeah. not a good looking still image and then this initial cut scene which is also very bad looking and yeah. just low res also kind of stutters on the frame rate yeah yeah and yeah. so we're like Ugh, is this Ugh. gonna be another turbo stunt squad or how to train your dragon yeah but once we actually got up into the sky it does feel pretty good like the it plane does. turns the way that you want it to um yeah the initial speed is pretty slow, but you have a you can always just hold that boost button, uh, uh, one of the triggers, which it doesn't tell you right at the start. Like that's no. a thing. Wish that it had revealed right from the beginning, because it's like, all right, fly through these hoops. Yeah, and I they're like, like I was very just chug and chug. It's your really your base speed is pretty slow. Yeah. So like, but what that boost kind of levels things out very nicely, and yeah. it's an infinite boost. So just keep just keep hitting it. Yeah, I mean. Uh, after you, yeah, I mean, you have some like uh, barrel rolls and some like tricks that you can do with your right stick, which feels pretty responsive. Yep. And you can pick up different weapons and use different items. Uh, this does have kind of a similar structure to the How to Train Your Dragon in that you're kind of just flying around looking for missions and things like that. Well, but... How to Train Your Dragon had like oh, sort they had of it, more of a oh, hub. It was like a hub world, yeah, and you would you're fly, right. and like then it would send you on the mission. This right, doesn't right. have a hub; it's just all through the menus. But the missions themselves feel a lot cleaner than How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Like, so one of the first ones we played, once you get through the tutorial, is you go to the Diwali Festival, uh-huh. um, which also cool that that was in the game. I yeah. appreciate it. That's not something you see represented very much in games. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, the, uh, in, it's like an Indian female plane who's mm-hmm. voiced by Priyanka Chopra. And, like, uh, and it's like yeah. a festival of color. Yeah. Um, so basic. An, another thing that should be noted is 
all of these missions can be played co-op, uh-huh. which works very well because um, you play you play with a Wiimote. It defaults to motion control, but you can turn that off and just use a uh, nunchuck. Which is great. Yeah. But then the other screen is on the Wii U gamepad. Always, always preferable experience, so you're both getting a full screen. Um, and you're both just kind of accomplishing these goals independently of each other, but it is still feel co-op-y because you're contributing to the same score. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, for this for this festival, um, you had to fly down and like boost through flowers to harvest them by cutting mm-hmm. them off the ground with your propeller. And then you have to fly through um, different piles of colored sand, and mm-hmm. then you get like a little gun that shoots paint and you sort of paint the other planes that go around. Yeah. It's and, cool. It's, it's, it's like, you're just flying around making things more festive and more colorful. Yeah. And, uh, and the, and then there was another stage where mm-hmm. like, it's kind of a, kind of a crazy taxi thing yeah. where like, you've got a little magnet to the bottom of your plane. It fly around scooping up little like forklifts and then dropping them off at the destination. Yeah. Those are, those are like the people in this world. Yeah. It's they like call them little, pities. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little creepy. Cause I feel like, I don't know. It feels like some Tweety bird would say. That's, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. but it was a cool variety just kind of right from the get go. And the, the environments are bigger than you would think. There yeah. seems to be a lot of sort of alcoves, nooks, tunnels to go through and um, to get these little power-ups that increase your base speed. And it, I don't know, it just all works pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I think for these flight games in general, that's about 70, 80% of it is like, does this game, does the plane does, go where I want it to go? Does and the flying feel, feel natural? Yeah. Like, do, am I, am I tripping up on the controls? How yeah. to train your dragon. We were bumping into stuff. We were mm-hmm. like struggling with the controls the entire time. This feels smooth and natural. I was really pleasantly surprised by this one. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a, there's a decent amount of variety and there's a lot going on. It, it seems like they put some care into it, uh, which is, I don't know. I was really not expecting that. Like, yeah. Cause this totally. is, this is the, the unheralded Wii U version of a knockoff of a knockoff. Like yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's multiple levels removed from quality and yet it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like it, this I think would be a great game to play if your child was really into planes. Yeah. Because absolutely. the co-op mode is pretty effortless. You can't, it doesn't seem like you can really fail mm-hmm. any of the missions. You just sort of get a higher score and a yeah. better medal depending on how quickly you do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that gets, this game gets a pretty soft recommend if this is a brand that you care about. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's benefiting from low expectations, but everything here works the way you want it to. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, I was happy to see that. Let's move on to our sequel where we might have a little bit more, uh, diverse opinions on, uh, Disney planes, fire and rescue, which was released November 4th, 2014, developed by Disney interactive studios and published by little orbit, also released on Wii, 3DS, and DS. We run into Little Orbit a lot, too, with some of these kind of low-rent knockoff games. Uh, so, yeah, the first Planes movie was a surprising hit, and so Disney fast-tracked the sequel. Uh, Fire and Rescue hit theaters less than a year after the original. And once again, it was a solid success. It had a $50 million budget, made $150 million domestic. Goodness. Like, pretty crazy that yeah. these do so well. Uh, and critics actually generally agree that this one was better than the original. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 45 versus 25 for the mm, first movie. Okay. So not really good either way. I mean, it's but... got a little more of a premise, right? Yeah, like they yeah. they go and rescue things yeah. as opposed to, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're planes. Totally. Yeah, I mean, it didn't win any fans outside its very specific demographic of very young boys. But, you know, hey, uh, the story catches up with Dusty, who is now the most successful racer in the world. 
But after his gearbox is permanently damaged, he needs to reassess his career. And so he starts working as a fire rescue plane, like picking up water and dropping it on wildfires. And he finds uh, his new calling, being being selfless and rescuing people. Mm, good, you know, good lesson. Good, good for him. So gameplay-wise, this is... Uh, the, the closest analog is like nuclear strike. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of an isometric flying game where like you, you have a cap on how high you can fly, you know, well, you have, you have no control over your elevation. No, no, none. Yeah. You just kind of hover over the ground, uh, low level, which it, makes sense for the game that they're trying to sure, do. Sure. But then if there's a mountain, like your character will just go up and fly over it and go down. Yeah. But uh, it, it is a dramatically different gameplay experience this time around which was uh kind of surprising to me they could have just done some more fire-based a different studio yeah but but they could have done just more fire-based uh spins on what they did in the first game and instead this is an entirely different from the ground up experience yeah and uh, to me just as a core baseline like a worse one Mm -hmm. like it i think that nuclear strike and jungle strike worked pretty well on the super nintendo because those that felt like that was the necessary viewpoint based on the power of the console. Yeah. Like there were some sort of first person or like behind the back helicopter games that just didn't work very well at that level of technology. Totally. Yeah. You're like, I have no sense of my world. Everything is just weird and blocky out there. And nuclear strike or like jungle strike was like, yes, I see my environment. I see the missions There's a sense of personality. But now that we're at this level of technology, it feels like, you don't have to kneecap yourself with that isometric view right, anymore. Right, right, right. Um, like I, I could see it being like a like an homage or a tribute, kind of like an old kind of old timey throwback. But you like know? people, kids you are not going to care about. They're that. not going like, to care. Oh, about this that. is just like my favorite game, Jungle Strike, that my grandfather <laughs> grew up playing. Yeah, what little weird kids in 2014 are nostalgic for the Strike series? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Desert Strike was better than Urban Strike. <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and I think that the trade off too is this game feels a lot worse like i ne- i had always struggled with those uh strike games mm. because isometric like way to helicopters and planes are already kind of hard to control because they have often like reverse controls yeah and then when you put in an isometric viewpoint my brain just kind of can't process it so there were a few levels here where it was like I was trying to turn a certain direction, and the plane was just not going where I wanted it to, and it got very annoying for me. I I, I got on its wavelength pretty quickly. Yeah. I was struggling initially because it, it doesn't control exactly like you think it would. Yeah. But uh, once you kind of dial it in, like I didn't really have too many problems, especially when, like we said, you're not worrying about controlling your elevation at all. Yeah. So you are just kind of moving around as if you're like a, a hockey player or something on an ice rig. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, there's there's a decent amount of variety to your um, uh, missions here. So you start off just learning how to dip low to water, scoop up some water, and then dump it onto some trees. Yeah. There's a great mission where you accidentally scoop up Patton Oswald, who is a, <laughs> a, a blackjack dealer who likes to scuba dive. They find him in a tree days later. Nobody knows how it happened, but it was really cool. Okay, it took me a while to pick up uh, the Magnolia reference. <laughs> but um, so That's what people are here to the yeah. Planes and Cars episode, to hear Magnolia references. It's... This game, the production values feel way cheap, like way yeah. cheaper than the last one. I think this game may be like from a still image perspective, might look a little better. Yeah. But like, 
there's no voices here or like the last one has oh some, correction there is one voice there is one voice which is the regina king character who every piece of dialogue when she starts talking the voice sample is i'm dynamite yeah yeah so that's how she has to start every sentence you know how i start every sentence with i'm steve yeah yeah we're yeah, gonna do I'm that from now on yeah. so i'm woody and huh. i think this is a very annoying feature because it has the text it says something different on the text down at the bottom, but yeah. then the voice still says, I'm dynamite. I just, yeah. I love thinking like, I, I like, I like imagining that like Regina King is home polishing her Oscars and then just thinking like, man, I loved doing that planes game. Yeah. That was so fun. You don't, th- I'm Woody and you don't <laughs> think that they just pulled her audio clips from the movie and. Gave- oh no. If you listen, everyone is unique <laughs> okay. and fresh and she's bringing her own spin to it. It's great. I'm Steve. <laughs> um, <laughs> But the other one, I'm Woody, the other one had like, you know, it was fully voiced and yeah, that yeah, yeah. just brought you into it. Like it was very repetitive in the things that they say. Like, of course, every time you like painted one of the other planes, it's like, oh, I love the colors, which does get a little annoying. Totally. But it was also clearly the actors from the film recording new dialogue. Yeah. And yeah. It, may, it just makes you feel like you're more a part of the movie. Whereas here, like there's a decent amount of text down at the bottom that if I was a kid, I would just skip. Yeah. And if I'm an adult, I would also skip weirdly. Or if you they, could press continue. Yeah. yeah. They weirdly give you two options of a continue or start skip, which are basically the same option. I guess we'll, skip will get you there faster. Maybe it'll get well, rid of mostly they're only one chunk of dialogue at a time. Usually. Yeah. It's not like there's something following it. And so. at most you have like three dialogue windows. Yeah, so you, you can know, press it's, it's not a three times or cross once. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever floats your boat or floats your plane. Um, we do get to play some non-plane characters this mm-hmm. time. There's some land vehicles, like, uh, and these all kind of take the forms of almost like uh, mini games. Like, yeah, you, they're out the, I, I like having bite-sized missions, like that's cool. But this is like the teeny weeniest little bite. Like, yeah, they said there are thirty missions or some, which you were calculating would means like an hour and a half of gameplay, maybe. Yeah, most like, of these are like, very short. The gold menu medal is like complete this mission in less than a minute thirty. Yeah, which is very doable. We'll say from yeah. the get go, very doable every time. So one of these examples is like you have a uh, like a machine that could saw logs, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that as a euphemism for snoring. No, uh, they might do that too. We yeah, don't know. That's true. Um, I think and I saw so a sleep apnea mask on the front of one. Yeah, of them. you're four. You just have four logs in front of you, and you just drive forward, and then this little mini game comes up where you just have to time your A button presses. I liked push. that the mini game uh, like menu kind of looked like an instruction manual or like yeah. uh, like a forest fire notice you Mm -hmm. know and uh they kind of look like moving infographics you know so like there's one the the saw blade one it's spinning around there's an arrow on the saw blade an arrow on the log and you need to tap a when it matches up it it gets faster and faster but then that's the whole mission is you saw these four logs and they're like mission completed and you go back to the main menu and you're like uh that's really it same with another one later again with moving logs you're like a bulldozer you pick up a log you tap b really fast to crush it and then you do it another one and it's like four logs and you're done yeah uh, and then there are some helicopter ones where you have like uh, you have to go in and like scoop out characters and carry them back to the base before the fire hits them. And then that you use you like rotate the stick to act as the winch. Yeah. It, and then the the main crux is just kind of like dipping in, getting some water, dumping it on some fire. You know, which is uh, it's it's an interesting approach because there aren't many games like that. We were talking about how like there is a weird subgenre of firefighter games that right. this would fit comfortably into, mm-hmm. you know, which is an interesting little genre to explore. Um, and, I, you know, I, 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 I hear your complaints about the controls and, and how like the graphics are kind of uh, low res and uh, not all that impressive. Yeah. 
I, you know, I kind of dug what this game was doing. Wow. I kind of dug it. Uh, I, it's not, it's not a great game by any stretch, but maybe I do have nostalgia because I played those strike games a lot more than mm-hmm. you did. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by this one too. I think I came along a little more onto its controls and wavelength as we went, but I had a real, it was lacking so much ambition. Like yeah. all the missions were so, so short. Mm. And what I did say were, is it's kind of like, my first blast core yeah like blast core for you know six-year-olds yeah, yeah. and that seems like it could AKA be a blast core yeah oh little blast core oh, little blast got a guy that nuclear missile <laughs> don't want to explode the earth nuclear strike yeah. yeah um but there's not actually enough of that like i wish there was a mode where and maybe these come in ma- later missions but they certainly didn't come at the beginning mm-hmm. where um you have to switch between vehicles within the same mission. Yeah. Like, you know, load up and drop fire retardant around here and then come in with your your saw to, like, um, open the path so people can, like, you know, you can rescue people who are caught in the fire. Yeah. It just, it felt like there was sort of that other layer there that they could have explored, but they're like, I don't know, give us a one-minute mission of pressing A a bunch. Yeah, yeah. And that, that made it hard for me to get too excited about this game. Yeah. There's no multiplayer here? No multiplayer here, yeah. So it does seem like it's pretty... Th- uh, of the three games we played today, this is the most feature light yeah. uh, and pretty pretty simple, you know, but it is for very young kids. Like, so I can... I'm giving it some But it also requires, like, a lot of reading. Like, yeah. in some ways, it's one of the more complex games out of the three that we played because it's mission based. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's true. I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not putting this at the top of my list or anything. (laughs) I think I was just kind of pleasantly surprised by. Hey, don't let me strong arm you these. into not loving the things that you love. No, hey, you, yeah. you're going on record. Planes, fire, and rescue. I'm already starting to plan your next birthday party. <laughs> I'm placing that order for a DQ cake right now. Oh, damn it! Uh, all right, let's move on to our last game today, and that is Cars Three: Driven to Win. This was released June 14th, 2017. Very late in the Wii U life cycle. This was developed by Avalanche Software and published by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. And it's also released on PS3, 360, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. So as mentioned, uh, Cars is one of Disney Pixar's biggest marketing brands, but the movies are generally considered kind of disposable. Right. First film came out in 2006. It was focused on a disgraced racer named Lightning McQueen trying to earn his uh, confidence back by hanging out with some small-town folks. It's the most palatable of the three. It's charming. It's unmemorable. Uh, Cars 2 is generally considered kind of the worst Pixar film because... That's the one that feels the most toyetic. It has the least going on in in its head, and mm. it's focused entirely on Larry the Cable Guy's character doing espionage. Toe Mater? Uh, toe Mater, yeah, who uh, sucks. He sucks. <laughs> He's terrible. Okay. And uh, Cars 3, by comparison, is more subdued and more down-to-earth. Uh, it, I don't know. might be the best of the trilogy, maybe. I don't know. One or three. It really kind of depends. I don't, I don't really care for either of them, but... This one's just kind of about he's he's back on top and then he has a really terrible accident. This uh, is Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen and the he Owen has Wilson to, character. Yeah. Okay. And now he has to kind of like reconcile with the fact that he can't do this forever and that maybe he needs to help train the next generation. So there's a little bit more going on in its head, you know, with that one, but this is not great. This game does uh make me wonder about a very specific genre of how many video games are there where you can play as Owen Wilson. 
Oh um, man. Okay. And, uh, there's, there's the Starsky and Hutch game. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wait, are, is he modeled after the, the Owen Wilson version or the original version? It's the Owen Wilson version. Okay. It's okay. Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's been um, a while since I played that. There is. And then this. Um, yeah. And then was there was there a bottle rocket video game? I'm pretty sure there's a bottle rocket. <laughs> uh, there's a behind enemy lines. <laughs> uh, Rise Kingdom. Uh, Permanent Midnight. That's a okay. fun one where you, uh, <laughs> it's a co-op game where one of you is the creator of Alf and the other has to get him heroin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the, the, the lesson is they should be more Owen Wilson games. There should be more Owen yeah. Wilson games. Wow. Uh, so you may have noticed when we mentioned the uh, developers here that Disney Pixar, this Disney Pixar game was published by Warner Brothers, yeah. which is unusual. And that's because this is the first Disney game to be published after they shut down Disney Interactive Studios in 2014. So long story short on that, they'd been trying to move away from first-party games, and uh, so they wanted to ship out development to other companies. And Disney Infinity had been kind of an expensive disappointment for them, so they're like, all right, let's just shut it down and let other people handle it. How far back did the Disney Interactive go? Like, is that all the way to this... Super Nintendo game? I days? believe so. I think I it w- played a ton of like yeah. the Aladdin game, or I tried to play a ton of the Jungle Book, but it was way too hard. Right, yeah. Mickey um, Mania, things yeah. like that. There there were a lot. I think it went by a different label back okay. then. I think it was just Disney Studios or something like that, but it it uh it is kind of the same gist. Yeah. Um so this one was being handled by Warner Brothers and Avalanche. Uh Avalanche, we know they have a history of Disney games. They made uh Disney Infinity, they made Toy Story 3, they made a whole bunch of games going all the way back to the Super Nintendo. Currently, this is the team working on the Hogwarts Legacy open-world Harry Potter game. Wow, okay, that's pretty ambitious. Big step up. This was their last game, and then now it's that. So, like, they're they're going from Cars 3 to Harry Potter. Well, I mean, Um, I think that they did a good job on this game. They kind of did. Like, this this game uh, secretly kind of rules. Yeah, we were both really surprised. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot to do here, which is really cool. Um, So first off, like, obviously this game came out quite a few, a couple years later than the last ones we talked about, and pretty late in the Wii U lifespan. Mm -hmm. But this is a very nice-looking game, like, and the production values are very good. Like, some of... Some of the voice sort of actors who are not like clearly supposed to be the sound alikes are you can tell that they're sound alikes. Yeah, they clearly they didn't I don't think they got anybody back except Danny Trejo who will do anything. Sure. Uh, he, he's he's on the record as saying that. He, he that's a point of pride with him. It's like if they pay him, he will do it. Nice. So how much do you think it would cost us to get Danny Trejo on the podcast? I don't know. I guess how much pr- is like a cameo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's true. <laughs> I don't know. He's probably five, six hundred dollar cameo. Yeah, I don't know. Those I are getting really expensive. Oof. Um not that I would ever want one, but yeah. <laughs> It's like let's let's look at a really bored looking celebrity giving sure. you a phone call. Yeah. Um so yeah, this the, the production values are good. Like you really f- you follow the story um and they give a cute little intro to each level. Um and it's just pretty if you were excited about the world of cars, this mm. is a game that sort of rewards that yeah. as you see your different characters and the core racing mechanics here are just like real satisfying yeah so it's kind of how ha- it's kind of more of a kart racer even though you're playing as cars yeah like it feels pretty light um but it has some really smart influences like it seems to draw most of its core mechanics from burnout yeah so it's sort of half burnout half mario kart which, which are really good things to draw yeah from. totally yeah. um and i mean even if you are ambivalent to dismissive of the cars franchise like i am like 
there's there's a lot of fun stuff here that takes advantage of the the weird features that these cars have. Right. Significantly, you have a jump button, and mm-hmm. this isn't like a little Mario Kart hop. This is a full platformer jump with like your little tire feet like taking you way off the ground, which really adds a whole new dynamic yeah. to the racing. So like at its core level, you might use it to jump over a log that's on the track or to get some extra height when you go off of a ramp. But mm-hmm. I imagine like as you explore the levels more, the levels also have a pretty good amount of shortcuts. Yeah. You could find ways to cut corners using that jump or, um, yeah. And so that works really well. There's also your right stick give you like access to a host of different kind of tricks. So yeah. if you press forward on the right stick you'll drive on two wheels which uh can sometimes help your turning be a little sharper if you press down on it you'll drive backwards yeah which makes your turning a little tougher and reverses your controls but all of these things like they, they make things more difficult to drive but they'll build up your turbo meter yep. which is also very nice It'll yeah help it's give you like where you drive on the other side of the road and burn out yeah more yeah boost and um, left and right on the right stick will allow you to slam into other cars like f-zero which Always is also fun. very satisfying um, and the boost just feels really good. Yeah. I think that the sense of speed in this game feels right. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that it's a super fast game. No, no, you're not. You're not getting motion blurring or anything because this is still essentially a game for kids. Yeah. But it is. It feels uh, comfortable at the default speed and fast when you're using a boost. Exactly. Exactly. Which I is, mean, there are plenty of opportunities to do aerial stunts, like while you're taking ramps and stuff, which, again, will build up your turbo. And I wish there was a little more of that beyond just sort of doing flips by pressing up and down or spins with right and left but that still works pretty well because normally you would say like okay well what do you expect they're cars but like these are animated cars who can do weird things like jump and talk and have meat inside them so you can you can make them do weird stuff some some sort of goofy thing that's more true to what the character would be about yeah um yeah that would be fun um and there's even a battle mode like there's a battle race mode so your default race you don't get weapons. No, it's you just still it's have just the, you still have track. your boost, and that that's pretty fun. But then there's a battle race where you can pick up uh, pick up weapons again, like Mario Kart. Most of them seem to just be missiles of some kind. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, you can drop a mine behind you. But again, this is very satisfying, and I think something we always struggle with in racing games is they never seem to get the difficulty right. Yeah, like it's often like cars just seem way too far ahead of you and you can't catch up or you're just in first the whole time. Yeah. And here, like all the races felt very close and very exciting. Like, yeah, we got second in a couple of them. Um, and that felt like an achievement. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I think this game really does want you to fully explore its controls and its features. Mm-hmm. Like, and you need to be really good with all of these different like turns and tricks. And there's a very satisfying, you know. like we just, we talked about smash brothers yeah. for Wii U where they have that sort of, uh, reward board where yeah. whenever you do an achievement, it unlocks the two achievements next to them. And right from the beginning, they show you this board and there's just a ton of things there of like, you know, they start out very, very simple, like hit an enemy with a weapon, mm. do a trick in the air, drive backwards. But we started unlocking them very fast and I could see that being another sort of addictive, satisfying oh, thing. Oh, I'm all in for that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, even though it was happening really quick, we were getting a lot of unlockables like right away. Yeah, uh, new cars to drive, new levels. New like, modes. Yeah, yeah, it unlocked new things even if we got like eighth in the race, which yeah. I really appreciated because it sucks if you're like having trouble with a level and you're like, all right, now play it again. And yeah, like, yeah. Well, I need a break from this. No, it's definitely, it's giving you all the tools right away. I mean, there's like a stunt mode where you're competing not for... 
first place, but to see who can get the highest point score. And that one, tricks. I don't think we quite cracked. We only played no. it once. It was very hard to figure out how to get enough air to get sort of the balloons at the top. You have to kind of boost and jump yeah. um, at the same time. And I, again, this is where I really wish there had been more variety to the tricks. Yes, for sure. Like, I, uh, I think the, the trick to these is popping all these, like, high point balloons that are yeah. way up in the air. But we we found it difficult to get up there unless you really are frugal with your uh, boosting. The boosting, too, if you charge up the meter mm-hmm. all the way without using it, you can double tap Y and go into, like, a superstar mode. Yeah. Which they call in the zone, but basically just makes you really fast and, and you invincible. knock other cars out of the way. And, and it that, lasts for a while. Yeah. And that was a really good balance, too, of, like, do I want to try and keep racking up my boost to go into this mode, or do yeah. I want to use it for a quick burst right now? Yeah. I, I had very little complaints about the way this game played yeah like, no i mean there you know there were some uh some pop-ups and some kind of janky textures in a couple places i noticed but like nothing terribly distracting and uh there's just a, a real diversity of gameplay going on here that i appreciate it, it feels I'm, I'm trying to remember the game like disney interactive did a racing game where like the the conceit is that you're constantly changing the track on the fly. Oh wow. I think it's split second. Okay. Does that sound right? I, I don't, don't know. know. It sounds cool though. Yeah, we, and this kind of has that sort of energy which I like, like where it's not just it's not just straight up racing, like part of it's about the flair, part of it's about the style and uh uh it's just kind of fast and goofy and I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I liked the way the multiplayer mode is essentially just the campaign. Yeah. You just both play it. It's drop in, drop out. And that worked really well. Yeah. It is, I guess, the only slight bummers would be there's only a two player game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there didn't seem to be an option for one person to be on the TV and the other person to use the gamepad. Which like would have been was, nice. because was only split screen. And split screen performed okay, but it is obviously going to be much smaller. It's not going to look as good. And I think just these days we are not really accustomed to split screen anymore, yeah. you know, and, and it should be noted the first planes game did have that split screen or that, that, um, uh, uh off TV yeah. multiplayer where like one of us was on the game pad, which works better. It just, and it's kind of what the Wii U is built for. Yep. Uh, so it is a shame that they didn't include. I mean, that. this one seemed to be a little more multi-platform than the planes games. Like, yeah. This mm-hmm. is on a lot of systems. And it's actually cool that you can get this game on switch still. Like, yeah, I would say like, if you are in the mute mood for a very sort of light and fun cart racer, yeah, um, and you see this game on sale, like it might Scoop be worth up. picking up. Yeah, no, I'd, yeah. I'd recommend it. it. It got kind of like mediocre reviews at the time, and I don't really understand why. I think this does everything I want a racing game of this kind to do. It's yeah. accessible. It's uh, it's bright and colorful, and I, I had a hell of a time. Yeah, I don't think it's quite to the level of uh, Sonic All Stars, no. like just in terms of like content and you know pure speed and thrills but yeah i was also very pleasantly surprised by this game absolutely well let's move on Mm -hmm. to our rankings then uh so each week we are ranking the games that we have just played three of them today we actually wrote them down ahead of time Mm -hmm. we are professional podcasters you want to go first yeah i'm happy to go first um the first planes game we played i was pretty happy with it um but it's still not like a huge game by any means like there's just not a ton there and I also like to apologize, um, give another little mea culpa. I'm sorry that I ranked Twilight Princess so low because it's throwing <laughs> off my whole algorithm. I know. Of like, I'm not going to rank the Planes game ahead of Twilight Princess. <laughs> I'm not saying that I like have sort of come around on that game. I'm just saying like it's messed up my procedure. It is, well, it's kind of an objective, like objectively yeah. a higher quality game than yes. Planes. Maybe it's not 
to your liking as much. Right. Yeah. I, I need like that objective list. Yeah. If it's an objective list, that game's probably in the top 10. And sure. if it's just my taste, it's wherever it is now. Yeah. Um, so uh, Planes is at number 40, okay. which is right ahead of the NES remix. All right. Um, a game that I think kind of scratches a similar itch of these very brief little challenges. Yeah. But Planes has a little more going on. I think so. Um, Fire and Rescue, I didn't like very much. Um, I'm going to put it at number 56, which okay. is behind Wipeout 3. Okay. Um, it, it was, I guess, better than I thought it would be in the sense that it is sort of a competent and functional game, but there's yeah. just very, very little there. Hey, it's above uh, Hello Kitty Cruisers. I'm happy with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cars 3, um, that game was a winner. Probably one of... I would say maybe the biggest surprise I've had on this podcast so far. Uh, maybe, yeah. Just yeah. and then uh, in again, terms of like again, what we were expecting versus yeah. the quality of the game. Um, I'm putting it number sixteen, which is right mm. behind Star Fox Zero. Fantastic. Yeah. That's that's great. Um, I'm 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 think I'm a little uh, kinder on most of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, planes. I'm putting at number thirty two. So that's underneath Nintendo Land. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, this is not an all-timer. This is not a game I'm going to go back to a lot, but it did everything I wanted it to, and it did it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not terribly ambitious, but it's competent, and that's not And nothing. again, I'm going to go back to my... If if you have a kid who is excited about planes, yeah. like this would be a... You don't be afraid to not reach just, for this game. Yeah, not just planes the movie. Planes is a yeah, concept. exactly, because yeah, yeah. this is a fun... Like, if they're not like, okay, I'm going to dive into microsoft flight simulator sure yeah that might be a bit too this is a fun thing to do yeah um for planes 2 i liked this one a little better than you did i i still concede it's not you know great or anything but i am putting this at number 42 which is underneath devil's third Mm -hmm. um about right and uh cars 3 really quite a nice game i think i ran into the same kind of issues of like well i can't in good conscience put this above twilight princess but i am putting it right below mm-hmm. so it's number 19 uh right between uh twilight princess and splinter cell so pretty good place for this game to go considering i did not expect I mean, it to i crack put it the... above twilight princess <laughs> i mean but... yeah but i i did not expect it to crack the top 20 at yeah. all i had pretty low expectations for all of these and uh you know sometimes it's nice to be surprised yeah i think so... these all exceeded our expectations most definitely well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in next week because, uh, oh, we're going to be doing a little bit of singing. Yeah, that's Whoa, right. We that's are playing. what people sign up for. That's what people are here for. We're playing some karaoke games. That is uh, The Voice, I Want You, and Sing Party, both two games that came with their own microphones. Sing Party. Sing Party. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, so we'll see you, see you next time. We're going to have some karaoke jams. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Started out. The sun went down as it crossed the